What is up, everybody? This is Brayden from Flint Mastering, and I am the host and content curator of the Mixing Music Podcast exclusive episodes. And today we have for you an exclusive archive, which means you're going to hear an exclusive episode that DK and I recorded almost a year ago. You're going to have the chance to hear what our exclusive episodes are all about and how much fun and learning goes on between me and DK as we discuss technical tips and important techniques in relation to producing mixing and mastering. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to be a part of the exclusive content we provide twice a week, you can do so by heading over to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And we couldn't do this podcast without you. I hope you enjoy this episode of the exclusive archives. And with that, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. My friends, and welcome to this exclusive episode of the Mixing Music Podcast. This episode is for subscribers only. And first and foremost, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for subscribing. We love you, we appreciate you, and we appreciate your support. I'm your host for today, Brayden from Flint Mastering, and joining me from his studio in LA, the king of mixing himself, daddy, DK. What's up, DK? Welcome. Hello, hello, welcome. Thanks for joining us on this exclusive episode. We appreciate you. Uh, you subscribers are the nectar of life. <laughs> <laughs> the nectar of life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's get into this clip. Can you bring it up? All right, cool. Yep, let's do it. So in this clip, we're going to listen from legendary vocal producer and songwriter, Cuck Harrell, and that is spelled K-U-K. I think it's actually a nickname. But Cuck Harrell, he's won Grammys. He's a legendary vocal that is producer. A t- hold on, hold on. That is a terrifying <laughs> nickname. We will not, we will not. That's all I'm going to say. Please keep keep going. <laughs> uh Yes, so in this clip, he is going to tell us about vocal stacks, what he does for vocal stacks, how he stacks his harmonies and unisons and all that good stuff. So without further ado, Kakarel, roll the tape. Here's another thing to, to think about and, and definitely consider all the time. Sometimes people ask me, how many stacks do I do of a part? If I stack something, you always want to do four. Don't do two, because if you do two, you've just got three there, and it really doesn't create anything special. So always just do an even number of four. Now, I want to start to add another note. Same thing. Left, hard left, hard right. And this particular note is blended down just a little bit because harmonies have to be balanced properly. So when you're stacking a unison note, for me, it's if you have the lead and the lead is powerful, most of the time it is. When you stack that unison, a general rule is like in something like this, if the texture is, if the lead is powerful, I want it to have some layer and some and some sweet texture to it. I just simply have them sing that unison part a little bit softer. My term is usually, now give it to me sexy. So with all my stacks, when I laid out how the effects are, there's no magic here. There's nothing different when it comes to the background vocals. Remember, simplicity is key. So once I start singing and once I start getting my EQ and everything set, it's pretty much the same for the entire record. So all my stacks 
exact same reverb, delay, little bit of doubler, and then EQ, compressor, and then just the driver. Okay, cool. So as we have heard from the legendary vocal producer himself, Mr. Harrell, he talks about his stacks, how many stacks you should have, notes, unison notes, settings for stacks, all that good stuff. And so we are going to dive a little deeper into how DK does his vocal stacks and some of his tips, tricks, and techniques for vocal stacks. So to start, DK, how many stacks with the lead vocal? Yeah, so this is totally up to you. Um, Vocals are definitely my specialty. Um, I do a lot of vocal production. Um, with vocals, this guy said um, four. He gets four vocals. Um, I think that's fine. You can get 16. You can get two. It doesn't matter. Um, I do think that the big important part that most people don't realize is that, well, I mean, at least in the beginning stages, people don't realize is that you can't just copy and paste. And I would not recommend, if at all possible, I would not recommend using doublers or anything like that to fake a layer. Um, if you if you can, if you're doing the actual recording, make sure to get separate takes. Even if it's the same unison line, make sure you get separate takes. Uh, they, they always work better. There's enough differences between the two vocals that you won't get any phase issues and you won't have to fake it. It actually sounds a lot more natural. So that's the first thing. Um, whenever I go, I always get at least three for stacks. Um, and it totally depends. Like sometimes... I'll do, I'll at least double each harmony part. So for example, if I'm doing a third above, then I'll double it. I'll get two so I can go far left, far right. If I'm going a fifth below or a fifth above or whatever, an octave down, octave up, I always get two of harmonies. But if it's a lead vocal and I want doubles of the lead, um, it totally depends if I want like that mono double sound, like that Michael Jackson-esque type sound, then I only want record one more vocal. If I want like a wider, it's most create space, more width, then I'll get two extra unison lines. So it's like the middle and then the two unisons. Um, how many ever you get, um, the more the merrier because you can always delete takes. That's the thing too. So like the more you have, having four is great because then you can always delete them. I probably would only use half or three of those. Um, but the more you have, the more that you can take from, which is which is the best thing, especially if you find out later while mixing that one of them goes out of tune, then you have a backup one. Uh, that's always great to have too. Um, so yeah, getting forward, the number doesn't matter. The point is get a bunch. Um, get and get the adequate enough, depending on what you want to do. Okay, so I have a question go going off of that. So if you, and this just, this just came to me as I was listening to you speak. <laughs> if you've got vocal, you've got one in the center, and then you've got, let's say, three or four harmonies. So let's say you've panned the harmonies left, far left, far right. How do you help those harmonies not clash with other instruments that might be panned far left or far right? Does that yeah. make sense? So it's a good question. This is this is specific to DK. So first off, when I'm mixing down harmonies, um, uh, the tape, they did say balancing harmonies, and now it's, that's super important. I find that very important. We're going to talk about this for a second. Um, yes, some notes... Uh, and you learn this a little bit in theory class if you ever do like theory core in college is is the importance of some notes in a chord. Um, and it's also just a feel thing. If you perfectly balance every single harmony note, it doesn't sound as good, especially the most important thing is remember that when you create harmonies, it's a cool effect to make the harmonies really loud so you kind of don't know which one's the lead part. But most of the time, you want to make sure the lead, the lead stands out. Anyway, so when I'm mixing harmonies, the way that I stand out is actually not to cut and um, carve the harmonies to not clash with the, the instrumental. But the first thing I do is I make sure that it doesn't clash with 
the lead vocal. And so okay. oftentimes, um, a lot of vocals, they want to do their own thing. Let's say in this specific lead vocal, they, the 1K is where they're the most heavy. They naturally kind of, the most harmonics there, it sounds the cleanest around 1K, so I kind of use 1K for this vocal, right? And where, where the vocal actually sounds best and where I boost on vocals is totally different from vocal to vocal to even microphone to a preamp or whatever. It just, it's not something that you can control. Usually the vocal kind of tells you what they want to do. Um, but, uh, so that's the first thing is I get the lead vocal sounding as good as I can. And then I create, um, the harmonies and I sculpt the harmonies to be an almost exact contrast. I know that first off the lead vocal is usually up the middle, it's mono. And then I also like wide pan, hard pan left and right, the harmony. So they're spatially separate, but I also like sonically separate. So if I have a one K that's the most present in the lead vocal, then I cut one K out of the harmonies and try to find other frequencies that sound good. So let's say in the lead vocal, I boost 1k but I cut out 500 hertz I don't like the sound of 500 hertz in this recorded vocal so then I'll, I'll like figure out a way to add around 500 hertz to the harmonies in a way that sounds good but it's not mm. sounding good by itself it's sounding yeah. good in contrast to the lead vocal because the harmonies are not they're not meant to sound good by themselves they're supposed to sound good and support the lead vocal so I'm really really good at putting the harmonies and mixing the harmonies sonically to honestly be like a puzzle piece where it like interlocks perfectly and the frequencies kind of interlock with each other. So the lack of 500 hertz and the boost of 500 hertz in the harmonies is, or the lack of 500 hertz in the lead vocals and the boost of 500 hertz in the harmonies like fits perfectly like a glove. And same thing with the dipped 1K in the harmonies and the boosted 1K in the, in the, in the lead vocal, things like that. So I'm trying to actually harmonically kind of get the most amount of leverage in that section first. And then usually, I mean, with, it, compared to the instrumental, you can always just turn up the vocals. You don't have to carve it out. Um, and oftentimes, I am carving out the instrumental with the lead vocals in mind. Because if the harmonies get a little bit lost, then you can always just turn them up again. But the lead vocals is the most thing, like most important thing. They should not get lost in the instrumental. Okay, that makes sense. Perfect. Thank you for answering that. So to my next question now, then, is <clears throat> when you do... So Mr. Harrell, Cuckerell was saying that his settings for his harmonies, like his delays, his reverbs, his uh, his doubler, uh, his compression, his EQ, basically, well, you just told us the EQ is not the same, but he basically said all of those settings for his harmonies are the same for every single harmony. And it's also similar to the lead vocal. So is that what you do with vo harmonies and vocal stacks as well? Uh, yes and no. This is again up to you. What I do with my background vocals, I smash the shit out of them as far as compression goes. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, I do not want those harmonies to be as dynamic as the lead vocal. I mean, sometimes I can, and then it's, because I just, sometimes the harmonies, the energy of where the notes come out. For example, if the harmony, they're doing a third above and there's just one note that like takes a lot more breath and a lot more like pressure to bring out, it's going to be louder. And let's say that it doesn't follow. That's like an easy note on the lead vocal. So it's a lot softer on the lead vocal. I don't want that note to come out all of a sudden. So I'd rather just have all the background vocals blanket, just super hard compressed. So nothing ever comes out past the lead vocal. Um, so that's the first thing too. And with EQ, obviously it's totally opposite of each other. Um, I think yeah. that fits a lot better. Um, he did say he likes to use like widener or doubler. Um, I do something similar with my harmonies. I don't use a doubler or anything like that unless I really, really need to. 
Sometimes I use like a like the isotope imager, the free one, and don't turn on the doubling effect, but just make sure it's widened or like an S1 waves imager, just like make it a little bit wider. Or oftentimes I get the free mid-side matrix from uh, Good Hertz. And um, I do what I do, it's basically center by waves as well. You just turn down the mid-channel frequencies or the mid-channel volume just a touch like a couple dbs and then i boost the sides like maybe half a db or something like that so it accentuates the sides a little bit more um rather than uh cuts down so that's kind of what i do it's basically just making it a little bit wider but in a different way cool that's awesome yeah i uh as a mastering engineer since i don't really deal with individual vocal tracks <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot to add to the conversation. Ooh, but, um, uh, I also yes. do a lot of DSing on background vocals because you don't need more than one S. So like I'll hyper DS oftentimes because if there's a bunch of S's and they're not timed right either, like if it's like as it was as it as 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 like you don't want that. You want so I like hyper DS um, background vocals if I need to because again you only need one S. Actually, that does give me something to say now. I recently had somebody send me an acapella track for mix feedback, and that was one of the points that I gave them was every single S was like so unbelievably harsh. And I think it's because since it's an acapella group, it's like 20 different voices that all have their own four or five stacks of themselves, and it just sounded like it hadn't been DS'd that much. So I can totally back up DK on that. Please DS your background vocals <laughs> a lot. You don't need yeah. more than one S. S's stack up quite fast. So Yes. If you don't, it's un it's incredibly uncomfortable to listen to and super, super harsh. So I gave the guy the mix feedback. He changed it, and when he sent it back to me, like I didn't even care about the rest of the mix. Like It, it solved almost all of the problems. It was so much better. Yeah, and, so. and this is interesting. This is this comes from my time in choir. Like I spent years and years in choir classes, in choirs. And yeah, the conductor always makes a big deal about everybody timing the end of phrases that end with S, like perfectly timed. Like, don't do that s -s 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 thing. It's got to be everybody at the same time. And a lot of the other consonants where they end another consonant, not as big of a deal, but with specifically with S's, everybody needs to start and stop their S's at the same time or else it gets really, really muddy, even from a live choral experience, not just recording. So I think that's where my attention to that comes as well. Comes from. Interesting. That makes sense. I never did choir. I was a band kid, so it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you... No comment. No comment. <laughs> Dude, one of the weirdest experiences I've ever done was when I was in college and I did like the men's choir. Yeah. So if y'all didn't know, so I went to college. Well, we went to college at Brigham Young University, which is like the Mormon school in Utah. And then I did like men's choir in Utah for like credits. Holy crap. That was... That shit was wild. That is like virgins <laughs> everywhere. That's what that was. It was like the most virgin thing I've ever done. And, and <laughs> I don't know. it was a very wild, like people would be trading these 23 year old kids would be trading Pokemon cards all through. It was like, it was, that's fine. Like I know a lot of people that like Pokemon, but it was, I'm trying to, it was the, it was the most. I don't know how else to describe it. The most virgin thing I've ever done in my life. And I was married with kids when I did that. Like I was, <laughs> I don't know. It was just funny. Anyway, side, side tangent. I, I usually don't bring up my school because of that. I had a weird experience. 
<laughs> and now that we've attacked and alienated those that love Pokemon cards. No, no. <laughs> like, I, no, I, I, I have, I have a few interns that are super... In- Actually, one of our interns right now at In The Mix Studios, shout out to Marcus, he's like a professional. He used to be a professional Pokemon player. How are... Like, okay, well, we he would do this. competition. <laughs> so I have nothing against Pokemon cards. I'm just trying to create a <laughs> setting yeah, yeah, of yeah. like... I don't create know how else to... Like, I don't know how else to describe that. It was just like the nerdiest thing I've ever done. Like, I think I'd find less nerds at, like, a League of Legends competition. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, at least they've Uh, seen women in their life. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) this is like the weirdest thing I've ever... Anyway, uh, we're we're gonna... I'm not gonna... I'm no longer gonna go on about this. (laughs) (laughs) We should probably end it there before it gets bad. Yeah, just digging my hole deeper. Cool. Well, actually, I just realized the past few episodes, we have not done a challenge for people. I don't know why we forgot to do that. But, uh, the well, maybe we won't do it every time. We'll go with the flow. But this time, challenge for you. Uh, you could even just record yourself. Like, you don't have to have somebody's recording. Just record yourself a bunch of times. Or if you've got vocal recordings, record a bunch of different vocal tracks. Try a couple unisons uh, with the uh, main lead down the center. Try three, four, five different harmony stacks with three or four tracks themselves. Pan them hard left, hard right. Figure out what you like. Figure out the balance of notes, whether you like the third more, the fifth more, uh, you know, whatever it is you're going to stack. Just go ahead and try messing with some vocal stacks this week, uh, just in your free time. And I think that will really benefit you, especially when it comes to doing it for clients. Um, And yeah, take DK's advice. Do what he says. Maybe, oh yeah, yeah. Try that too. Try crafting the harmonies around the lead so cut out where the lead sits and boost where the lead doesn't sit in the harmonies and sometimes Um, it doesn't work like sometimes the same frequencies that work and don't work for a vocal are the same in the background vocals and so like just be just be aware that but at the same time you can like kind of kill the life out of the background vocals and because the point is it doesn't have to ever sound good by itself they have yeah. to sound good with the harmony. So, like, whenever I'm EQing the background vocals, I'm EQing them, wi- not soloing them. I'm listening to them mm. with the lead vocal. So, and then when I solo the background vocals, often they're like really hollow and dead. But when it's with the lead vocals, they sound great. So, just be aware. Like, be don't be afraid. But you know, things to pay attention to. Exactly, as Shakira said in the movie uh, Zootopia, try everything. <laughs> okay and right there we'll cut it uh thank you so much for listening everyone we love you we appreciate you as always mixing music discord join if you haven't already most of you probably have and uh say what's up in the discord and also um make sure you go to youtube now youtube.com forward slash dk mixes subscribe there uh, and uh that really helps the youtube channel which then helps the podcast which then helps everything and helps us help you it's all one big joined uh, machine of content and support. <laughs> I don't know. There's some extra <laughs> content on YouTube that you won't find on the podcast, so just go ahead and subscribe if you're on there already. There you go. That would have been an easier way to say that. And, uh, yeah, as always, um, good luck with everything. We appreciate you. And DK, sign us off. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Stay saucy.